it, stranger. Wyatt Earp was among the most famous frontier lawmen. In 1881, he and his brother fought alongside Doc Holliday in a deadly confrontation with outlaws, the shootout at the OK Corral in Tombstone, Arizona. A decade after his death, the 1939 film Frontier Marshal was one of the earliest in a long line of films about his brutish style of justice. He ain't dead, just sort of grazed him. You'll come to in a few minutes and you can lock him up. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll go back and get some sleep. Who are you? My name's Earp. Wyatt Earp? You know me? Certainly I've heard of you. By the turn of the century, he was already a celebrity of sorts. That's about when Wyatt Earp and his wife, Josephine, traveled to Nome at the height of the gold rush to start a saloon. Legend has it he briefly passed through the gold mining town of Juneau and left something valuable behind, a Smith & Wesson number no. 3 revolver that to this day is a kitschy tourist attraction in a downtown bar. According to the legend, the revolver was confiscated by U.S. Marshals when Wyatt Earp was changing steamships in Juneau. Given the man's fearsome reputation as a gunfighter, federal marshals demanded, or so the story goes, that Wyatt Earp surrender his weapon while in town. His boat to Nome in the morning left earlier than the federal offices reopened. The gun went unclaimed in federal custody. You can take the story at face value, but I got to talking with Juno newspaperman James Brooks. How did Wyatt Earp's gun come to be on the wall of the Red Dog Saloon? We agreed there's got to be more to the story. Eric Forst owns the modern-day Red Dog Saloon, where the pistol's been a fixture for decades. So the story that I got was that back in the early 1900s, teens and 20s, the gun was part of what was then this territorial museum. Force of the story is that a museum employee, or at least someone with access to its treasures, had a bit of a drinking habit. And he periodically would pay off his bar tabs with stuff out of the territorial museum. And at one point he had a significant bar tab at the Red Dog Saloon, and he paid that with that gun. The territorial museum would later become the Alaska State Museum. Steve Henriksen, curator of collections, humored my question. <laughs> well, uh, I can't, I really can't rule anything out, but I, I have been through the records pretty thoroughly over the last 30 years, and I've never seen, seen it listed either as something that belonged to the museum or as a loan. There's something else that doesn't add up. I don't believe that Wyatt and Josephine were in Juneau in, uh, in June of 1900. Author Ann Kirshner researched Wyatt and Josephine Earp's time in Alaska for her 2013 book, Lady at the OK Corral. I believe they sailed from Seattle uh, and stopped in, how do I pronounce it? Is it Unalaska or Unalaska? Unalaska. Unalaska. Got to be the greatest name there ever was, right? Um, they stopped in Unalaska um, and then continued on to Nome, but that was, that was the western water route. And I don't believe that they would have necessarily stopped in, in Juneau. I enlisted the help of Zachary Jones at the Alaska State Archives. We have records that documented him in Nome, but documenting a short stop in Juneau on his way to Nome is a little more difficult. The only written account of Wyatt Earp's time in Juneau comes secondhand. It's contained in the official history of the first 50 years of the Alaska State Troopers and references federal records discovered in the 1960s. And those letters purportedly say that U.S. Marshals had a firm discussion with Wyatt Earp when he arrived in town. If that's true, it's really interesting. I still don't understand why a U.S. Marshal would want to accost and sort of run off a retired law officer. Not only is it questionable the pistol belonged to Wyatt Earp, now there's doubt he was even ever here. It felt like a dead end, and I told James as much. Did you look at the sailing schedule? 
No, actually, I haven't gone that deep into it. I'm not sure if such records still exist well, from that time. You period. could find the steam sh- the steamship schedule. Oh yeah, Th- those are out. Okay, where do I find those? I I'd start with the state museum. I didn't find timetables, but there's a trove of old newspapers on microfilm in the state archives. I thumbed through Juno's Daily Alaska Dispatch. I had a date and the name of the steamship. The sign on the wall said he'd been disarmed on June 27, 1900. He supposedly sailed two days later on the SS Senator. Juno's newspapers around that time are full of news about miners heading to Nome and ads for Rainier beer. But there's nothing about Wider or that ship. But I was looking in the wrong place. There's an item in the Nome Daily News reporting on Wyatt Earp's arrest in a drunken brawl. It's dated June 29, 1900, the day he supposedly left his gun in Juno. So there's a hole in the story right there. But just because the dates are wrong doesn't mean the whole story's bunk. But it probably is. From the get-go, bar owner Eric Forst told me he bought the saloon, but not necessarily the legend around Wyatt Earp's pistol. The reality is of how it got to the Red Dog Saloon may be lost to history. I don't know. I've never heard, you know, the story as, I, as I've been told is what I told you, but I've never seen any documentation of how it ended up from one place to the other. So at this point, James, I'm, I'm actually pretty stumped. Well, I mean, maybe that's for the best. I mean, this is someone whose life is shrouded in legend. There's almost as many tall tales as there are facts. And so maybe it's kind of appropriate that it's that way. Well, thanks for the question, James. Thank you. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Jacob Resnick.